Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Yuni Young about the Lunar or Chinese New Year. I first got to know Yuni when she ran as a candidate for the Richmond Hill municipal election in 2022. I have been fortunate to take a class in hand-foo dressmaking from her. I regard Yuni as a very interesting person. Welcome, Yuni. Thank you, Marge. Honored to be here again. Yes. Okay. We're going to get started and try to figure this Chinese New Year out. But first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You live in Richmond Hill, but you Mm -hmm. were from Hong Kong? That's right. I was uh, born and sort of raised in Hong Kong. Uh, And then our family came over in 1994 uh, during the peak of an immigrant wave. uh, And we settled down in Richmond Hill ever since. Well, we settled in Scarborough first, landed in Scarborough first, but then we uh, moved up to Richmond Hill a year later, and that's where we settled. Very good. Okay. And you have done extensive studies regarding Chinese culture? Uh, Yes. I actually picked up my interest for Chinese culture and history after coming to Canada. And uh, before that, I was a very boring child. (laughs) Um, And... Having the space and time and boredom uh, when I was little here uh, led me to some friends who were reading some books on Chinese history. And then I started uh, gradually reading more and more. And that's how I acquired my uh, uh, pretty proficient uh, language commanding skills in Chinese, as well as a good background knowledge of Chinese culture. Mm, Interesting. So if you want to know what I do, yes, uh, I particularly follow the uh, Chinese scholarly arts. So uh, the music of the Guqin, uh, chess, calligraphy, and painting, I don't really do. But uh, I also follow things like making hanfu, traditional dress, as well as uh, some tidbits of knowledge with uh, musicology, religion, and geomancy. Ooh, okay, really interesting. Okay, I think we're just going to really focus on the Chinese or uh, Lunar New Year. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it's not, let's start. Um, what and when is this celebration? Mm-hmm. So Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year, as the name implies, it's New Year. So it's definitely 1-1 one, one on the calendar. And the Chinese calendar is a lunisolar calendar, which means that it references the positions of both the sun and the moon. So uh, the current iteration of the lunisolar calendar was uh, actually made by a bunch of Jesuits in Beijing or Peking. Uh, it was started by uh, Father Matteo Ricci, and then uh, further refined by Father Adam Shaw von Bell uh, during the transition between the uh, Ming and Qing dynasties. So think uh, 1630s to 1650s. This is not surprising, uh, since this is also the time when uh, Europe also started converting from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. And in this case, it happened to be Jesuits bringing that uh, reformation and that 
idea of changing the calendar to a more precise, a more Newtonian, if you can, a sort of a precise calendar. And uh, the current calendar in Chinese uh, is the um, li, or the timely constitutional calendar, which also is called the Zizin or purple gold calendar, named after the observatory in Peking. So this year, January 22nd was the date I saw as the date of the Lunar New Year, and it's celebrated for a while. Can you explain dates and like when is this celebrated? Sure. So uh, because the uh, um, number of days on the uh, Chinese calendar or the uh, new uh, calendar that I just mentioned uh, is only 350 or 355 days or it varies numbers of days per year. But basically it tries to adjust for uh, the position of the moon as well as uh, the 355 and a quarter days around the sun. So it organizes leap months rather than leap years. So one day per four years. We sort of squirm it all into one big month uh, after uh, several years. So that's why the uh, dates vary in contrast to the Gregorian calendar. But essentially, it's late January to early February. And uh, many people uh, celebrate uh, this holiday uh, in similar but different ways. Uh, and the people who celebrate it similarly can be described as East Asian heritage, or they can be called the Sinophone, so they're this Chinese-speaking world, or that they're, they're Sinosphere, the Chinese and derived cultural circle, or even sometimes called the Confucian Sphere because uh, the practice is largely enveloped into this thing called Confucianism, the uh, quasi-religion slash bureaucratic slash cultural practice. So whatever the case, the underlying unifying point is that they all use, uh, at one point or another, the Chinese calendar system. And uh, yeah, that is their heritage. Okay, so here this year, we started celebrating January 22nd, and it goes until February the 7th? Uh, 3rd, I believe. The celebration lasts for 15 days from the uh, new moon to the full moon. Right. Okay, got that. Okay, so um, what? So you're um, right, the fifth. Sorry. Fifth, okay. So can you tell us something about like, what, what do people do? What are we, yeah. Um, so for the non-Sinosphere people, non-Asian people, what does this celebration actually represent? What, like, what do people do? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I wanted to talk a bit more about the calendar thing. Okay. Um, there are two Chinese calendars actually in active use. The first one is the uh, lunisolar almanac calendar, almanac being like farmer's calendar, mm. uh, which is the one we're talking now. Uh, it uses the moon and the sun. And mm-hmm. then there's the pre-Jo old calendar, like a Bronze Age earlier calendar, which is a strictly solar calendar. And uh, it starts the year from lun- uh, winter solstice and uh, counts through the 24 uh, different uh, periods, so every half a month. And uh, our year, basically, the zodiac year, does not start until Li Chun, or the first day of spring by our standards, or celestial longitude of 315 degrees. Uh, The new year is basically the approximation in the almanac calendar by having the closest uh, new moon to this Li Chun point, the the solar event, uh, celestial longitude 315. And it symbolizes the first month or the coming of spring 
This is why uh, when the Western New Year and Chinese New Year first came into contact and they were having problems with translation, uh, the Chinese opted for this misnomer, Spring Festival. But it's not really Spring Festival because it's not Li Shun, and yet it's not really quite spring yet, mm -hmm. not especially in Canada here. Yeah, yeah. Back to what do we do? What is the celebration? Um, what's all my friends from Asia doing during this period of time? Or even here in the diaspora. Yes. So, yes. of course, uh, like most major celebrations, family and food are the big things. Mm -hmm. And the foods to celebrate vary by region. We can talk more about that later. Mm -hmm. But some other common factors, uh, regardless of region, uh, includes like family reunions, paying homage and reporting the year to our ancestors. So if you're watching the news recently, you'll see that uh, the city of Wuhan uh, has been particularly strong about uh, paying veneration to ancestors by buying flowers and sweeping graves. It's mm -hmm. a local thing, though. Uh, mm -hmm. Going to Buddhist and Taoist temples uh, to pay their respects and uh, getting their fortunes read, uh, putting the incense, etc., so that's the uh, big practices. Uh, if you're a business owner, shops usually close uh, for a week. So prior to Western influence, that would be 10 days. Uh, and then after Western influence, it became seven days. Although for those in the service industry, uh, they would usually actually run uh, overtime uh, to get the chance to uh, uh, peddle festive goods to those who are out to shop and enjoy themselves. Right. Uh, Personally, okay. mm -hmm. I left Hong Kong way too young to mm -hmm. celebrate much socially during my childhood. But when I went back for my master's, uh, it was a very intensive whirlwind visit uh, to my various relatives, as well as to my Taoist masters and colleagues. Hmm. Okay. So did you, what was the favorite part? Like what intrigued you the most about this celebration? Mm, the joyous atmosphere and I suppose it's the food. Uh, I mean, I am very much a foodie mm -hmm. and uh, I enjoy uh, the observing, especially now that we're in Canada and Richmond Hill, the various foods and ways uh, how people uh, celebrate this occasion. Uh, this is still technically winter by our standards, so there's a lot of uh, preserved foods. But at the same time, there's also quite a selection of fresh foods to be involved. Okay. Uh, are you concerned about the spread of COVID uh, during this year, both here and particularly uh, well, back Thanks in for China? mentioning that. So if you remember back in uh, COVID, originated in China in 2019 and fall, and it spread worldwide because of the New Year's travel rush in 2020. As China has just opened up again, unpreparedly this year, Western nations are rightfully being uh, cautious and are taking border precautions with testing and quarantine. Uh, but still, the XBB.1.5, or the Kraken variant, is still here and is spreading uh, in southern United States right now. Thanks to vaccines, and uh, slowly we have been training our herd immunity in uh, the West, we won't be seeing the kinds of uh, calamity that China uh, was and is seeing in the past month. But still, we should be worried. As a general tip, I would say, uh, take advantage of meeting people and outdoors when it's warmer, as uh, viruses don't travel as far in uh, good sunlight and when the cold wind isn't blowing. Yeah. And uh, I realize there's a northern part of China, which probably has snow now, too. So I worry about those people, 
people up there as well. So let's let's hope. Okay. So back to this Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. There are 12 animal signs, the rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. Mm-hmm. And they're in that order for some reason. This year is the year of the rabbit. And I understand if you were born in a certain year, you would have certain attributes. So what is your take on this? Mm-hmm. In case you're wondering what those animals are, that's the earthly stems. So uh, remember the sexagenarian calendar or the uh, older calendar I was talking about, the ganju or heavenly earthly stem? This is the earthly stem where rabbit or mao is number four. Rat is the first. And uh, it is a yin animal. So yin and yang. It is a yin animal and is known for being agile and flexible. And yes, yeah, so when I studied my uh, Taoist studies, this is one of the things I was forced to memorize. But in case you're wondering where those animals came from, uh, it comes from the Chinese character themselves. In ancient Chinese, uh, those characters would be literally in the shape of these uh, animals. So the tran- while those uh, symbols today, just we just take the word for it, and most people don't actually remember what they are. In the English translation, it's easier to see the old meaning. Okay. So... I've heard them talk about the, the water rabbit, not just the mm. ra- rabbit. Yes. What is that? That's the heavenly stem before the earth parts. So there are 10 heavenly stems. So your uh, the first four or five, uh, most people remember, those are usually used for like a school grade, like A, B, C, D, E. Mm. And uh, those two complement each other and they form the uh, sexagenarian or the 60 year cycle. So the thing goes like uh, A1, B2, C3, and so forth, where the ABC is the heavenly stem. There are 10 of them. And then there's the earthly stem, the zodiac animals, there are 12. So if you go like A1, B2, C3, D4, and you keep on going a cycle, you get 60 of them. And water rabbit is number 40. Okay, so is this year of the rabbit or the water rabbit? Uh, both are correct. So rabbit is the just m- mentioning the earthly stem part. The water rabbit makes it more precise. There are five rabbit occasions. So there's the yin wood rabbit, yin fire rabbit, yin water rabbit, yin metal rabbit, and uh, yin earth rabbit. Okay, right. Okay, so and anything unique about the water rabbit? Mm, Nothing particular uh, because I don't want to go too deeply into that. But since you mentioned that, I want to mention the concept about... uh, Tai Sui, or the reigning yearly general. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, it, there are 60 years, and uh, in the Taoist uh, religion, we have 60 personifications, six, uh, 60 heavenly general figures who reign that year. Uh, in more astrological terms, the Tai Sui is the star that is directly opposite to Jupiter that year. And the reigning general's name is Pi Shi, uh, last name Pi, given name Shi this year. And um, a word of note for those who are in the uh, who are rabbits on their zodiac, as well as those who are opposite, uh, so the rooster, or uh, across from the rabbit. So if you think like, um, uh, say the rabbit is twelve o'clock, you need to look at uh, the three o'clock, the six o'clock, and the nine o'clock positions, because those people uh, should be well for for the rabbits. Uh, they'll either meet great success or dangerous peril this year. This year is a great year of change. 
And for those who are uh, uh, directly across the rooster, uh, they would be careful of conflicts and uh, uh, mistakes uh, from various things, conflict with other people. And for those who are across, they should be uh, careful of accidents, uh, slander, or even backstabbing. So Taoist practice has uh, people warding off such peril by wearing red, uh, uh, use consecrated zodiac animal accessories and uh, putting it uh, along in their wallets or cell phones, as well as paper talismans uh, with the name of the Taisui and uh, with the user, so the person wearing it, uh, their birthday is written at the bottom of the uh, talisman paper, written secretly in the overlap at the bottom. So you need a Taoist master for this. You do, yeah. This is, wow. Okay. So can you... Ask that for a local temple. You can get it here. Okay. Can you explain the difference between like the Chinese zodiac and the sort of the Western zodiac? Like I'm a Leo, but I'm a, you know, I'm a, also a pig. So explain the difference between the two of them. All right. So um, in Chinese uh, practice, birthdays, are traditionally considered top secret or confidential information. So like your SIN card number. Hmm. So uh, when censuses and uh, surveys came into China asking for people's birthday, people looked onto this new Western scientific practice with great suspicion because they're asking for top secret information. But um, most people traditionally declare themselves a year older, not on their actual birthday, but human day or the seventh day of New Year's. And so... uh, uh, the year is more important than the month. So Chinese zodiacs are year-based, but Western uh, astrological zodiacs are month-based. So uh, while Chinese fortune-telling do use months, uh, we also go down to the day and hour. So uh, if we use the Zui or the North Star style uh, fortune-telling, there are 14 main stars, which is a position uh, basically in, across a constellation. We have the rotating... Uh, stars uh, put onto a table for that. Okay. So I think you've explained that and um, interesting. But yeah, but basically year versus month. Year versus, that's a good way of simplifying it. You've already touched on this. Red is a prominent color of this celebration. Um, Is there a reason for it? What, What does red mean? Red is not the only auspicious color in uh, China or Confucian circle cultures, but uh, the reason why red is so prominently featured because red is the color of blood. It is the color of fire and it is the color of life. Because this is uh, the beginning of spring, we recognize that the beginning of spring is pretty much still very frosty and it's still strong in yin energy. Uh, So uh, yin energy is black, it is death, it is cold. So we want to wear something or to adorn something with the colors of life to spruce things up. There are special foods eaten and it's, you know, I believe it's more than a tradition. Like it's, you know, I serve turkey for Christmas dinner because that's what I do. So the foods that are traditionally eaten, can you explain them, what they, their meanings and what they are? Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, China alone is larger than Europe. And when you're talking about the Confucian circle, which also includes uh, Korea, Japan, Vietnam, mm. Ryukyu, or Okinawan Islands, and now uh, the China- Southeast Asian Chinese diaspora, uh, it highly varies by region. Whereas Northern uh, cultures 
will tend to have more flour foods like uh, jiaozi dumplings in the north. Uh, in the middle, you would get uh, more like rice balls in the Jiangnan region, so Shanghai area. To a feast of uh, preserved and fresh seafoods in the Lingnan or the Guangdong Guangxi region, which includes Hong Kong. So Cantonese culture we get here, you usually see that. You'll see a mix of uh, dried and uh, reconstituted uh, vegetables, as well as fish, mm -hmm. and as well as the flower foods I mentioned. So this is the Guangdong style uh, New Year's that you so often see on TV and in Chinese restaurants here. But if you look at like uh, Southeast Asia, you would get uh, Hoinanese or uh, Hokkienese uh, in there. Uh, practice low sang or uh, the mixing of raw materials. Uh, they basically use a homophone and they say like low sang sui hei. So basically it's uh, allusion to uh, mixing in the uh, festivities so that uh, the liveliness of it all uh, leads you to prosperity. So they would um, gather around at a table and they would have these shredded vegetables as well as uh, raw fish basically sashimi, and uh, together they would hold the chopsticks and mix the whole thing together by impala up high and uh, start it like, uh, while saying huatle and go like, uh, uh, basically it's your gong hei fa choy, get rich. Okay. Uh, similarly, like I want to continue about mm -hmm. uh, Japan yeah. and Korea. Okay. Similarly, Japan has uh, osechi ryori and uh, they have preserved foods and rice cakes and Korea similarly. But overall, the idea is uh, to prepare your foods beforehand and to avoid open fire cooking on the day of New Year's. So, you know, traditionally to avoid fire accidents and uh, to keep it simple and prep. And the kitchens technically starts a few days after New Year's. Very interesting. Okay. Is there anything you'd like to add about that I've missed about this Lunar New Year? This, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Richmond Hill has a great presence of the all the Sinospheric cultures. So in my campaigning, I have met uh, every major uh, East Asian language uh, speaking community here. It would be great uh, when all of them could come together and celebrate this festivity all in one place and actually uh, connect and corroborate with each other. Because we don't do it enough in East Asia, so we should really collaborate and corroborate together more often now that we're all here in the same physical community. I like that idea. Yes. And please invite me, even though I'm not from one of those groups. It sounds like a very interesting affair. So, yes. Okay. Uh, lots been said. But I do want to end this podcast with your response to the question. Name one thing you really like about this community. Mm-hmm. Richmond Hill is the center of your region, physically, and mm -hmm. is also a center of that population. And whenever you've got people, it means you've got culture. So that's what we're celebrating today in the fact that Richmond Hill really has a, a richness in our people, in our culture. And let us celebrate that, uh, not just today, but for the next uh, 15 days or so. Okay, very good. Okay. I'm going to add some notes from you. I think you're going to send me some references so we can all learn a little more and recap what you said. But uh, thank you, Uni, for taking the time to do this podcast. My pleasure. And please don't forget uh, to come out on February 5th for Lantern Festival. Okay. Thank you for listening. 
I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.